Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by the founder of One Health, Jenny Hare. Hello. Hello, Louise. How are you? I am very good. So I suppose when it comes to nutrition, where are we making the mistakes? I mean, generally, I think um, I think most people don't get enough protein. I think that's the one of the big kind of areas because if we look at kind of the traditional kind of foods that we would look at in like an Irish breakfast, say, for example, we kind of lean towards your porridge, your cornflakes, your toast, mm-hmm. and they're all great foods like by themselves, but we want to make it a bit more of a balanced meal. And to do that, we have to add in our protein sources, our fat sources. So say, for example, if you're taking breakfast, for example, we want to go in for something like eggs, you have your healthy fats, you have your protein and then pairing it with something like toast and even much more balanced meal and then that has such a positive impact on your blood sugars and your insulin response and ultimately has you feeling a lot better over the course of the day because you don't have those sharp you know roller coaster in your blood sugar levels mm. and so I think that's one of the first kind of areas and um, that we can all kind of make just very small tweaks to our diet and have it has such a positive impact. And I suppose there is always that conversation around protein. Is there, is there ever a point where you could have too much? I mean, there definitely is in terms of, um, you know, you don't want to be exceeding probably if you're like an, an athlete more than about 2.2 grams per kilo body weight. So, I mean, if you're, you know, 70 kilos, you don't want to be kind of going over, you know, 150, 60 kind of grams of protein. But to be honest with you, for a general population, that's actually quite hard to do. So okay. I don't think that's the necessarily the fear. And um, I think it's actually trying to figure out, okay, well, what does that actually look like for me? And then some people might need a protein supplement in order to hit the kind of target range. And I mean, that range will kind of vary from person to person and dependent on, you know, if are you doing, you know, exercise? Are you, you know, lifting weights? Obviously your requirement will increase with that type of activity but I think generally trying to reach for for the average person kind of 1.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight so you know roughly if you're 70 kilos roughly kind of 80 between 80 and 100 grams of protein is is a great start okay so that's actually that's quite achievable really it's not too difficult as you say putting your your elements on each kind of meal and, and you should be able to to bring it into your diet exactly totally so I mean again going back to the breakfast kind of example if you're looking at an egg you're getting probably around eight grams of protein per egg so you have a couple of them you get a small bit of protein from your toast and then you might have like a latte with it and you're you're you know well into the kind of 22 23 grams of protein already Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when it comes to I suppose male and female we would differ quite a bit with nutrients wouldn't we yeah I think the biggest thing I suppose that often comes up is that a lot of the research that we have from a nutrition perspective and kind of wider health perspective has been carried out on males Mm -hmm. and I suppose that in turn puts us females at a bit of a disadvantage and I suppose from a scientific perspective the reason why that has actually been done is females are kind of considered more difficult to control for because our hormones are cycling over the course of a month. So mm-hmm. in order to allow for those fluctuations in hormones, it would be more difficult than if you were to take a male counterpart who cycles their hormones over the course of 24 hours. Okay. So 
all of the research then has predominantly been carried out on males. So say, for example, if you take like a ketogenic diet, which is really, really low carbohydrates, um, and you might find in a clinical setting with male participants that they respond really, really well to a low carbohydrate diet, um, you know, in terms of maybe weight management and um, improving blood biomarkers and, you know, other, you know, diseases like metabolic syndrome. But then if you were to, as a female say, okay, I want to lo- lose some weight. I've seen that this study has good results. I'm going to do this ketogenic diet. It hasn't been done to the same extent on females and we don't respond in the same way. Mm-hmm. So we're more intricate in terms of our hormones and we have, they're much more sensitive. So as soon as we start doing really, really low carbohydrate or really, really low fat, we start to see the downsides from a hormonal perspective, from a mood, all of the other things. So I suppose in that respect, we definitely do differ. And you've written articles on PMS and what we should be doing to help with that. What tends to be, I suppose, the the main reasons that people come to look for help in regards to this? Well, with PMS, you know, a lot of women... I think most women can relate to experiencing some degree of PMS and um, be it, you know, at different points in their lives or whatever. But for a lot of women, it's something that is so debilitating every single month. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first started to kind of, you know, get into the female health space and really realize that, oh, wait, there's actually things that we can do that significantly improve these symptoms for women every single month. And that's something that I started to kind of, you know, I suppose, communicate to my audience and to my clients. And it's something that, you know, women had never really heard before, because if they go and they chat to maybe people about having PMS, you know, the old rhetoric was always, oh, that's just kind of part and parcel of being a woman, isn't it? You just kind of have to put up with it and get on with it. But there is actually so much you can do in terms of dietary action steps lifestyle action steps and some supplements that are so effective if you are suffering with pms so if we're looking at say diet and mm-hmm. um, inc- there's a few different things that can kind of contribute to pms symptoms being particularly bad they can be anything from you know um high inflammation in the diet and um, or in the body so if you're things like smoking obviously increases inflammation in the body too much alcohol all the kind of things that we know are generally not great for us Mm. and have a negative impact in terms of increasing inflammation and then can in turn exacerbate any PMS symptoms so if we're trying to just have a very anti-inflammatory impact on our body through our diet that's where I would always look towards a Mediterranean style diet Mm -hmm. so when I say Mediterranean style diet like a diet that's really rich in lots of different uh, color uh, plants proteins you know fruits veggies and um, you know lean sources of meat fish and and your healthy fats so like healthy fats being like omega-3 rich fatty acids from nuts from seeds and um, you know oily fish like salmon olives avocados they're all really really um helpful in terms of reducing inflammation in the body and something as well that i suppose a lot of people don't know is that like our steroid hormones in our body are actually made from fat so we need those good fats to produce them to and that will ultimately help you know reduce inflammation and then have a positive impact on pms symptoms um so i suppose that's the kind of style of diet and then if you get more i suppose down in the detail of it is to like make sure you're getting enough fiber because 
there's such a strong link between our gut health and our hormonal health. So we have to be having those regular bowel movements, keep everything flowing nice and, you know, keep our hormones nice and happy. And um, cruciferous vegetables like your broccoli are really, really good um, at maintaining healthy estrogen levels. And then just opting for carbohydrates that have more fiber in them is a really nice swap. So, you know, instead of going for your kind of white loaf, go for a multi-seed one and you have that boost in your kind of fiber um, content in your diet. And that can be really helpful. Exercise is anti-inflammatory in the body. Um, and then, you know, the, the kind of usuals, trying to quit smoking and be mindful of your alcohol intake. All those things that they tell us are good for us anyway. <laughs> yeah. Suppose, you know, well, yeah, we are talking about PMS, but like that diet sounds like that would be good for anybody who just wants to feel a bit better. Exactly. And that's like a general kind of, that's why I love a kind of a Mediterranean style diet is because it's achievable. It's not restrictive. I'm not telling you, you know, don't eat carbohydrates or don't eat fats or don't eat this, that and the other. Everything has a place. And I think it's striking that balance and that moderation. So if you are eating for the most part, really, really, you know, nutrient dense foods, there's plenty of space in there to incorporate the, you know, treats that you enjoy. And I think that's where a lot of people can kind of fall down when it comes to, you know, quote unquote, a diet Mm -hmm. is that it's this all or nothing mentality, but instead you can just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, do my best and eat lots of really nutrient dense foods, have a good breakfast and, you know, support myself in the best way possible. And then there's absolutely no issue with sitting down, you know, in the evening with a cup of tea and, you know, a dairy milk, like there's, there's a place for all of these yeah. things. But I think as soon as we start to strip all of that out, we feel deprived and we restrict. And then that's when you kind of get into this, the cycle of like overconsumption and um, of the kind of treat foods that you've restricted. Cause it's natural to want what you've told yourself you can't have. Of course. And obviously there's so much information up online, good and bad, but where's the best place to go to get information on this? On specifically PMS or just kind of dietary advice? I suppose dietary advice, yeah. Um, I suppose like going and getting getting at like a trusted source in terms of like, um, obviously the HSE is a good a place in terms of finding out kind of like Healthy Eating Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your nutritionists and your dietitians uh, are another like good spot to, to kind of get, get some like reputable advice. Um, but then I suppose more kind of digestible forms of kind of information are yeah like the healthy eating ireland initiatives but i suppose the thing with nutrition is that it's also very like i work on a very personalized basis because what works for some person doesn't work necessarily for another so kind of having these blanket recommendations can be hard to apply for everyone Mm -hmm. so you know if you're a woman and you're experiencing this really bad depilating pms you might need something slightly different than you know the average Joe soap who's just kind of looking to be that little bit healthier yeah so we'll be better to go and get proper advice yeah I think if there's something you're struggling with and um, getting somebody who kind of specializes in the area that you're hoping to so say for example if you're struggling with gut health you know reaching out and finding somebody who really works a lot in that area because gut health is just so complex and Absolutely. similarly with hormones like I specifically see females who have hormonal issues so everything to do with PMS or PCOS or you know all of these kind of conditions women going through perimenopause and I think like that getting that level of specialism 
is really beneficial because I have obviously have seen time and time again what has worked mm-hmm. in a clinical setting and mm-hmm. um, but I suppose it generally just depends on the nature of your concern like it's just overall health there's some like there's lots of places to get that yeah. kind of general advice yeah Jenny Hare of One Health thank you so much for chatting to us my pleasure thank you so much Louise